Hello. Hello, everybody, all you Stooge fans out there. Welcome to the Three Stooges official podcast. I am your host, Phil Lanities, the maestro of mayhem, the conductor of chaos. And alongside me are the true talents, the ones going crazy, the ones going zany, two-thirds of the modern-day Three Stooges, Andy Pagana and the grandson of Curly Howard, Brad Server. Gentlemen, how are you two? Oh, who came in? Yeah. (laughs) I knew that last time. Hey, Phil. I think we're going to do that every time. I love that. <laughs> you guys doing good? Yeah, certainly. Doing great. <laughs> Can't wait to start blapping. I am excited about this. So on today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to get a little bit personal and we're going to share kind of our stooge origin stories, if you will. And as you might imagine, out of the three of us, there's only one of us that is actually directly related to the three stooges although we all consider ourselves to be part of the family so we feel like you know hey brad's gonna bring this on home but andy and i also we hey we think we have interesting stories too so we're gonna go through those and kind of share how we became you know three stooges fans and then especially with you two how you got more so involved with the stooges brand and the legacy and and all of that so uh, this is going to be interactive. It's not just going to be us sharing our stories, but we're going to ask each other questions and, you know, we're just going to interact. So if you guys are ready, let's get to it. Let's go. Let's do it. I refuse to act that dopey. All right. So I'm going to kick things off. So, you know, as with many from the baby boomer generation, my dad grew up a Stooges fan. He told me, I was talking about it, talking about this with him recently, and he used to watch the Stooges every day after school. And I'm sure that that is the story of many from that generation. I have a Three Stooges Google alert set up and a lot of obituaries that I see these days mention them being big Stooges fans, which is kind of kind of interesting. But so many from that generation grew up big Stooges fan. My dad was the same way. He was raised to be a Stooges fan and he did the same with me. I remember watching the Stooges with my dad when I was a kid. I used to I loved watching these kind of like compilation documentaries on the greatest comedy teams of the 30s and 40s so you know laurel and hardy the wheeler and Woolsey, the you know even our gang of course the marx brothers and guys like that two like tons of fun there was like two really heavy set guys named tons of fun and i i loved watching that kind of stuff but the stooges were always my my favorite uh back in 2015 i got into podcasting and i had a, a podcast called history personified and i reached out to c3 entertainment and i was put in touch with Don, sorry, with Eric Lamond, the father of Don and Kurt Lamond. And Eric was obviously Larry Fine's grandson. And I got to do a two part episode with him on Larry. And it was awesome. It was such an honor. And it was so much fun. And I, I had a great time with that. And then a year or so later, C3 reached out to me and asked me to interview Joan, Mo's daughter. And I was only supposed to have about 10 minutes with her, but it was going so well. And she was still at 90, sharp as a tack. And we ended up doing 20 minutes and it was a great time. Andy has an internal intense hatred for me because I cannot find those files. Uh, I'm still looking for them. Yeah. He's trying to poke me in the eyes and slap me across the face through the camera right now. And it's well-deserved, but yeah, I'm still looking for them. I'm still looking for them. So we need fa- that. We need that footage. We need that audio recording. Yeah. Look harder, I'm going to look for it. I'm going to, I am. I'm actually Spread starting to work. And look. 
I'm starting to worry that I actually recorded them on my work laptop and I don't work for that company anymore. So, but there, we still have some hope. I still have a couple more laptops to go through. Yeah. Give it, just give it to Brad. Just give it to Brad. I did. All right. Yeah. He'll give it to you when he sees you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So All right. fast forward to the current time. I admit my fandom is kind of waxed hot and cold over the years at times, but I've always considered myself a fan. And at the end of 2022, I finally got to visit, the Sugium outside of Philadelphia. And I loved it other than the fact that I couldn't take pictures. I loved it. Uh, I love sitting in the theater watching some of the shorts and it was so amazing and so incredible and hearing like the conversations from other fans would, it just kind of reignited it in me. And I had recently begun showing Stooges shorts to my kids and to see my kids laugh as hard as they laugh and demand that I play restless nights like over and over again. And they pick the same like three shorts and I'm like, Hey, there's like 190 of them, you know, we could go in these other directions, but they just love the same ones over But to see them laugh as hard as they do and then try to imitate and all that, it really kind of reignited a passion in me. And I've got to thinking about, Hey, is there like a three stooges podcast out there? And I started looking and there were a couple, uh, most of them were dormant. There's one or two that are still going, but it's like, no one's really doing, you know, the way that I would want to do it. And so reached out and got connected, got to meet you fine gentlemen. And then we, uh, and yeah, I know people keep coming in the room. And here we are today, but just a, an awesome experience to be able to become part of this. And so I'm really excited. So that's my story in a nutshell, how I became a Stooges fan. Andy, I would love to hear your story, especially because of your background as an actor, a writer, a director. I know you've been making films since your high school days and just your passion. But I mean, obviously, like if, you know, fans that aren't that are listening in and you're not seeing the footage, right, or seeing the film right now, Andy has created the artwork that is all around us, including that one of Shemp where it looks like a candelabra is uh, picking his nose, which I'm sure is very uh, strategically placed. But Andy, I would love to hear about how did you become a Stooges fan as, and, and to be able to create from films to short films to podcasts to actual drawing and painting. Like, How did you get into this? My Stooge life goes back almost as far as I can remember. And I got in by way of my grandfather, who was a huge fan of the Three Stooges and just classic comedy. And I remember, I think it's my second oldest memory, and I had to be five and I was at my grandparents' house and it was a Sunday afternoon and they used to run Abbott and Costello every Sunday on WPIX. And I still remember this because it was such an amazing life-changing moment where they grabbed Lou Costello. It was a movie called Hit the Ice and he's on ice skates and they grabbed Lou Costello and snapped the whip and they're whipping him around the ice and he flies across the ice and crashes into a fence. And I, found it to be the funniest thing I had ever seen up until that moment. And I just started cracking up and I was like, what is this? Right. <laughs> and my grandfather was like, Oh, if you like that, I got a lot of stuff to show you. <laughs> and he awesome. introduced me to Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello movies and the three stooges. And funny enough, I remember the first time I saw Laurel and Hardy and the honeymooners and Abbott and Costello. I don't remember the first time I saw the Stooges. I don't remember which mm. one it was. I don't remember where I was. I'm sure I saw it with my grandfather, but I, I don't remember that. Right. 
but I was, I know I was like instantly in love with the guys and they were so funny to me. And of course I took the curly. He was just my hero and I impersonated him in school. And I remember going to school and drawing pictures of Shemp going, ah, can you tell who this is? And everybody's, you know, in third grade, it like, (laughs) who's Shemp, you know? And the curly shuffle came out in, you know, I was in junior high school and I got, I literally, you know, I'd go up to the DJ. I'm like, can you play the curly shuffle like, at the school, high school Geek. or junior high? And he's like, the school dance. And he's like, yeah, okay. And he's want, he's wanting to play like, like, D, like Devo, like whip it and stuff like that. And you're asking. Yeah. Him, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jump inside. And I remember band. doing the, the curly shuffle and you know, this was years after it came out. Um, and I did the whole dance on my own and I had the whole school around me just clapping. Oh, wow. they, they cheered me out. They carried me out on their shoulders when I was done, but I just, you know, the Stooges were just a huge part of my childhood. And I had, you know, my coffee mug and I would drink coffee with my grandfather and my T-shirts. And that would just last forever. You know, the, I went to the Stooge convention. I believe it was 1987. I went to my first Stooge convention. I had my dad drive me and my buddy out to Philadelphia to see that. And I, you know, bought like whatever little Stooge merchandise I could get. And I remember buying the little $8 Three Stooges curly flicker ring at an antique, uh, oh, yeah, you an antique shop. Yeah, yeah. I, sh- I showed that. That's awesome. You know, and I, I and all this stuff I still have, I, I you know, they were just a big part. I just love to collect them. I love to watch them. I love to impersonate them. I love to play them. And yeah, I'm a filmmaker. And one of my oldest movies, and I, I had to be 12. It's one of the very first things I ever shot. And I was a skinny kid, but I shaved my head just to be curly. And I did that quite wow. frequently when I was young, I would shave my head just to, so I could be like curly. And I, I did a little spoof of jaws called pause. And it was a, instead of a shark, it was a little dog that would like terrorize, <laughs> you know, terrorize a little house. And of course the three stooges who, you know, came into, you know, to save the day and me and my buddy, Michael right. Lee, who it was a Chinese kid who actually kind of had most, haircut naturally and my other friend chad sosa who had curly he was puerto rican he had this like curly hair you know and was kind of larry-ish and michael was kind of mo-ish and i shaved my head and i was curly and you know we made our first little three stooges movie and they just never left me they never left me and even when i stopped watching them because i feel like at some point they probably fell off in my daily weekly or, or even monthly watching of the Stooges, you know, they kind of always stuck with me. And, you know, I saw in my, my VHS tapes that I had gotten, you know, there was usually like three or only three or four on the collection. There was probably $80 a tape or something. So I never had much other than what I could tape off the TV, but I seemed to somehow have them all memorized. I'd watched them so many times. And, you know, as I went on and went to film school, they never quite left. They never quite left. There's always some kind of influence in either my life or my work. And then it wasn't until I started my own company and I came out to LA and there was uh, the Three Stooges Festival at the Alex Theater, right? That they do every year. And, you know, me and my friends would go every Thanksgiving weekend. And I found out through a buddy of mine that they were casting for Curly for the new Three Stooges movie. And this was probably 2012. And I had some business partners at the time. And I said, guys, I want to go after this. I think I'm like made for this. I've been literally acting as Curly in my daily life, (laughs) 
right? Awesome. I would just kind of run around. Yeah. yeah. And so I shaved my head and I shot like a 90 second, you know, audition that I just put online. And within a half hour, I don't even know how it got to the casting agent, but somebody sent it over and I put it on YouTube. And within a half hour, I got a call and this was on like a Tuesday. And they said, Hey, can you come in Friday and audition for us for Curly? Wow. And I was like, yeah, that, that, was, that had to be crazy though. The feeling. That's you awesome. Oh, like, yeah. So you get that call and to, for you to play Curly. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah. As a positive. To like sink your stomach, just go like, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I had probably been on two auditions in my whole life. Oh yeah. You kidding to like, I know. And there, the fact that there's actually a possibility that I could get cast as Curly. Amazing. Amazing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I took the week off and I bought all the, they, they were out on DVD and I bought all the DVDs. I probably had half of them at the point. Right. And I ended up just buying the rest and I took off work and I stayed home and I watched everyone over and over and over on repeat and everything Curly did. I just mimicked and I just stood up there and I feel like I had it. And so I go into the audition and, and at this point, Mike Cerrone, who wrote the Three Stooges movie and me, myself and Irene with the Farrelly brothers had basically taken over casting and I go in and I bought my outfit that I use on my audition and I walk in and I was looking like Curly, right? And I did my audition and I didn't have any credits. So I had a guy who worked for me Photoshop my face as Curly in a picture of with Mo and Larry. So they're pulling my ears. And so that was my headshot. I went in there with that as a headshot. <laughs> and as my resume, I went in and I listed all the shorts that Curly was in as a Three Stooges. So I went in as Curly and I just gave him my phone number. And oh, I, you, I like you I went cared. like full on method. You went like, oh, full yeah, on no, method. I went all and I went in as Curly. I mean, I just I went completely for it and I did my audition. And Mike Cerrone was like, this is amazing. He said, you're easily in a top three. Wow. He said, I need you to do it again. Just slow it down. And I did it one more time. Okay. You're not to. He says, but here's the problem. He said, we got to make a decision on Monday. This is Friday. He goes, where have you been? And I'm like, man, I just found out about this. You know, I said, and, you know, I've been studying Curly my whole life. He goes, yeah, well, you know, the guys we're looking at, he's like, he could get Curly down when Curly speaks in his normal voice. And so I did that, <laughs> you know, and I was just like, I was ready. He was like, man, you're really, really good. You know, so he goes, I, I think you got a real shot at this. And then, you know, come Monday, I didn't hear anything. And then it was like a couple of days later, it was really quickly after that they announced Will Sasso. So obviously I didn't get the part, but then that audition stayed online. And when they were doing the Three Stooges live show, Chris Dermick, who was playing Mo, was looking for Curly and they found me online and they asked me to come join the live act. And that's how... Chris ended up kind of hooking up with me and Brad. Cause I was like, we got to get Brad. I said, you got to get Curly's grandson in the show as himself. Right. And they were all gung ho for that. So we brought Brad in. So we went running around as the three stooges together, kind of traveling the country doing this and, you know, really developing a real deep friendship with Chris Dermick as Mo mm -hmm. and Brad and I had met through the Alex theater. Basically I found out that Curly had a grandson. I don't think I ever knew that. I must never have read Jones book. <laughs> Either that or I don't remember it very well. But I remember they introduced you and I was just like, so I was awestruck. I was like, really? Curly's, oh yeah. I was like, Curly got great. And he looks like him. Yeah. You don't act that way to me anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> now I just strike him. <laughs> I don't think anyone really thought about 
the family families of the Stooges, right? You wouldn't think about grandchildren or no. cousins or anything, right? Because you're just focused on yeah, you focus focus on the Stooges, right? right. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember I could still picture you were kind of sitting back over in the right corner with the family, and I, I remember seeing you for the first time, and I was like, <sighs> and then I was so intimidated to reach out to you, and it took me almost a year, and I sent you that video of me doing the audition and you wrote back and like, this is amazing. My grandfather would be so proud. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God. Curly's grandson. Just like approved of my Curly impersonation. And really quickly, I don't know how we got into it, but I think you must've suggested, Hey, do you want to have dinner before the next Alex theater mm -hmm. show? And we did. And I, it was like instant friendship. Yeah, right. And absolutely. I, I was wondering why I was like, cause if it wasn't for the three stooges, like your personality and my personality would gel, we'd be friends anyway. Right. But you're so like curly that I think if you felt so familiar to me. Right. Right. You felt oh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our friendship was, it seemed like we were. Immediate, yeah, yeah. For yeah, forever. Right. Yeah. And so but wait, I got to ask you something. Okay. Is us meeting in our friendship with that and is more important than if you have gotten the role of Curly? Or would you have rather gotten the role of Curly and then tossed our friendship aside? I'm just oh, yeah. asking folks. Forget that role. Hey, hey. why are you want to slap me again? Why are you want to That was a good one. No, of course. Actually, I got so much more value out of that. Right? Oh, my then, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that would have been a fun experience, but come and gone. Like, this yeah. is lifetime. Yes. And then you've changed my life, too, because I make content, and I was doing a lot of online stuff, a lot of YouTube stuff, and we kept trying to figure out, what are we going to do together, right? And I've always just been in, like, this state of stress, trying to, <laughs> trying to pay the rent by the end of the month, right? <laughs> so it was always trying to figure out what we're going to do together, how we're going to do it, and... You know, when are we going to make the time to do it? And it was, I think it was years. It was years. And I was trying to, you know, I was working on a failing company and I was producing some, you know, horror movies, which is just so not, so not me. And I remember you talked every night, actually. I was out in Lithuania, which is where your family's from. The right. Stooges are from Lithuania. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go try to track down where they were, but I couldn't get away from the movie set. And you would call me nearly every night and just make me laugh out there. And I was having such a miserable time. You know, when I got back, you know, the that company collapsed and then I stopped producing those kind of things. And then Brad and I just kept trying to figure it out. And I was working on this really wacky children's YouTube show called Big Baby, which I don't want to get too, too much into. But I play a giant baby. You can and, tell the premise. Yeah. Tell the premise of that. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, and we're having trouble. Like the guy who plays the dad didn't want to do it. Nobody wanted to work, do the show. And it was very kind of slapsticky, stooge show. And I was like, well, let's bring Brad in as the babysitter. And I remember going all out. I was like... I was just talking to one of the guys the other day about, I think I spent $1,500 just buying props and breakaway things. And I wrote this like nine minute, three stooges slapstick episode where you got to take care of this giant baby. Right. And we went in our buddy Justin's apartment and we, we sprayed a hose. We've got baby powder and so many things. So many things just yeah, like he, destroyed. It. Yeah, and, and he's such an amazing, talented writer. I mean, the things that he thinks of, it's so obviously based from his love of comedy and the Stooges and everything. And I was just like, I hadn't done any of this stuff before. I mean, he kind of broke me into kind of doing the filming and this stuff, but he was such a great teacher and just was so smart about the way he approached things. And I was so gung ho about any type of stunt or any type of hit or anything. I mean, you, there's oh, probably yeah. people there. I mean, if you hired an actor or something, they would never want to do that. I was, 
I was so ecstatic to do it because of the obviously the, the give back and how much punishment the students took. Yeah, that you were you're just brilliant. And that episode wow. was I mean it was groundbreaking to this day, right? It was. In fact, it was. It was like, and I remember because everybody looked at me like, you should be embarrassed for doing this, right? Like dress up like I was. And Brad, what Brad did in that episode blows away anything I'm doing. Like I remember doing the corned beef hash bit where we open a can of corned beef hash and you have to eat it like it's dog food out of a dog bowl. And I was like, do you want me to cook that and heat that up for you? You're like, no. (laughs) I mean, you were just gung-ho to do everything and you're you know, and I mean this as a as a compliment. You're not a trained actor. You're kind of just like your grandfather, where you just are this personality. You don't really learn your lines, right? You don't really read the scripts too much, right? And you just kind of like you get the gist of the scene and you do your thing your way, right? You know, and, and sometimes I think I try to sh- shove a little too much of oh, do it this way, do a little more this way into <laughs> into yeah. you, you know, and try to get you to do certain things. And I realize that no, I, I we just got to be a little more looser and let you be curly g which was a character that you came up with right right you're not curly you're curly g right and it's it's and it is your character in real life and in on the screen is what curly's grandson what you would hire and cast as curly's grandson and that's kind of who you are naturally which is not like who your brother is right Right. you wouldn't you would never think that about darren so then brad and i just started you know and that did well i mean we got like five million hits on that video really fast and then YouTube like killed it for some reason. And I don't know why, right? And we could never figure it out. They were like, they basically said it was unsuitable for anyone under 21. And then they just deleted it for some reason. It was like, there's nothing, well, there's nothing. There was only one thing that it could have been. What? Remember, we had Pat Benatar's daughter on there that was. Oh, Hannah Geraldo. Yeah, yeah. quite the, the dame. Oh, yeah. Just like a looker. <laughs> and, you know, she was wearing those Daisy Dukes. And I was wondering yeah, if that's like, what it was. I, I don't know. I don't know. She was great too. Yeah, she was but great. It, she was so funny. Yeah, I mean, the whole I, thing was great. I mean, maybe there's nothing really suggestive in it. But all the characters and everything were great. You did yeah, great. Thank you. Well, so anyway, it's, it's now one of no, one of ninety episodes. <laughs> I think there's ninety episodes, right? There's nothing like that. It's, we're uh, we just shot forty. We just shot okay. episode. 40. Okay, great. And then we started a channel for Curly's grandson and just doing little things. And I think the first thing we did was we went uh, outside of that. Is we went to the Three Stooges convention in 2017, yes. right? And you flew me out with you to go to Philadelphia to shoot, <laughs> to document uh, the whole trip. And on the plane, we kind of improvised this thing. It was me and my wife and you, and she w- and you were sitting in the middle between us. For it was some Lizzie. Reason. Was it Lizzie? It was Lizzie. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was you. Your, yeah, yeah, it was you, your daughter, right. Curly's great granddaughter right. and me and we were sitting yeah you were sitting between us for some oh, reason in yes. a little seat and we said oh wouldn't this be funny to do a little three stooges bit where we're handing stuff back and forth like like lizzie and i are a couple and he's a stranger in the middle of the seat and we just keep handing stuff back and forth and brad keeps getting it in the face right, right. and that was like a 90 second thing that we just did shot on the iphone as a like spontaneous goof and it was hilarious and that blew up on your Facebook and it blew up on your YouTube channel. We said, we got, we got to do more, you know, but it, it's tough. You work full time and I'm always scrambling to try to, you know, pay my rent. <laughs> so we started to do, I don't even know how this came about. We started to just talk to the fans live and we were doing 10, 20 minute little videos where we would just get up and do Stooge talk live and talk to the fans for 20 minutes about whatever was happening in the Stooge land that week, which is crazy but there's a lot mm-hmm. to talk about. It right. does seem like every week 
there's a new topic you could, you know, talk about and new book, new movie, new toy coming out, you know, somebody passed away, you know, just like Redeker, um, you know, Quinn Redeker just a couple weeks ago. So there's always something. And, and this thing started blowing up really big, you know, and people, we went from doing, you know, 10, 20 minute live videos with fans to, We've done over two hours now and they're still going. And they're so engaging. They're I mean, so they just, engaged. They, they're yeah. So- and not only are they engage with the stories and what we're doing and the memorability that we're showing, but they're engaging with each other as fans talking to each other because we're busy blabbing and stuff. We can't <laughs> see everything. So it's like a community. Right. Right. So yeah, it's a, it's a big community. Right. And in me there again, I'm really good at getting slapped, but not real good at learning lines and the rest <laughs> of it. Very much Andy Pagana. But you are uh, well. You're good at stopping, but you so much that there again that built-in knowledge and all that stuff about comedy in the studios. You times that I haven't made it, you've gone on for literally hours with anything or the paintings and all the stuff you do. So well, my, that my hats off to you, and I'm not even wearing it. <laughs> no, well, that, that was that was amazing because when one of us couldn't make it, we wouldn't do it, right. right? And then I don't know what happened, how even that started, but I think you couldn't go on one time, and I was like, well, I'm going. And maybe I grabbed Chandler, which is Shem's great granddaughter, and you know would go on with some other people to fill in. And then at some point, I just started going on on my own. And I just realized there's such a big fan base that loves the Stooges, and you'll if you can't be there, you'll go on, you'll go on yeah, on the comments sometimes, yeah. right? And you'll just interact with the fans. But it's never ending, and I can't believe now how big a part of the Three Stooges. Of my life, that is the Three Stooges right now. I mean, it is it is like eighty percent of my life right now. And we're doing this wonderful podcast, the official Three Stooges podcast, which is right, which came out of nowhere, amazing. right? Like we were playing. Doesn't come out of nowhere. He came out of his mommy. Come on. Oh, that was kind of a wow, Sandfield. This is why I try to give him a script. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's, I mean, look, I could talk for two hours. So I think it's time to move on to Curly D's story. What? Do I have a story? <laughs> I mean, you got a story. Well, well, Phil, I think you should maybe ask me, how did you get engaged with the Stooges? So, Phil, <laughs> um, would you ask Brad how he got engaged? <laughs> Not literally, because that would be Sorry. weird. That wouldn't happen here on the West Coast, but maybe, but go ahead, Phil. <laughs> All right. So yes, we've, I don't know, we've saved the most connected for last. We'll, we'll just put it that way. But (laughs) so Brad, you, you did not, which uh, there is a Fox news article out there that actually kind of lays out the story. It's from a couple of years ago. I've read Curly's biography and Brad, you are in there and there is a caricature family tree that I believe Paul Moe's son drew. If I remember correctly. Brad, you have long flowing hair, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yes, nineteen. Yeah, that was my prom picture from nineteen eighty-three, and I was okay. quite. Yeah, was quite <laughs> he the, still has that hair. Quite the dapper. It's in a bag, and it's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Jamie, but yeah, I have to sell it, that wig someday for some money. Yeah. This ain't paying off. But you're mentioned in there a little bit. Your brother, I'm sure that uh, he's got some bragging rights over there because he's actually mentioned a lot more than you are in that in the book in terms of his music and, you know, artistic talent. And I'm sitting there reading that going, well, what about Brad? 
because I know Brad's very, very talented. They they need to update that book. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, that's right. Yeah, and my sister's in it as well. But that right. that's not where the story begins. Yeah. So let's hear. You're let's. In, how did you find out? Yeah. Well, I mean, most people would find out because unfortunately, Curly died in 1952. I was born in 1965. The youngest of my siblings. I have a sister named Andrea. I was born in 65. She was born in 63. And my older brother, Darren, was born in 1960. So unfortunately, we never got to meet our grandfather. And so that would be normally where we'd be talking about where the story started. But even that would seem a little common. And and my story is so uncommon. And maybe it's a a typical Hollywood type story as as it carries on. I, just like Andy, just like you, Phil, just like most of the audience, I rushed home every day to watch Channel 52, which was in Los Angeles, UHF, Rabbit Ears. Wow. Fans out there don't know what those are, those little silver things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we, w- we w- would rush home, and we'd have to do our homework first, but we'd rush home, do our homework, or pretend to do our homework, and watch <laughs> Channel 52. And our favorite shows would be on. So we had Speed Racer, Kimba the White Lion, the Little Rascals and the Three Stooges. And the Three Stooges is what all of us wanted to come home and see. And my brother, he was you know older than me, but he was there too. And we'd watch the Stooges and we would just be at awe. Curly was our hero. Curly was my favorite Stooge. And you had no idea. And you had, I was just going to say, and you had no idea. You had no idea yeah, you were related to him. But that's why, this is a good reason why we edit these type of things because you have to let me build and tell the story. Oh, sorry. But yeah, so yeah, anyway. well. yeah, 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 yeah. This is why okay. I give you a script. Yeah, no, 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 this isn't me. You guys are off script right now. So anyways, we would watch the Stooges and be at awe. And just, that was our hero. Curly was my brother and I's hero. And we loved Shemp second and Mo was our third favorite. And then there was Larry. And then of course I have a different perspective now, but the other Curly's, Joe Besser and Joe Dorita, <laughs> I could care less about. I They weren't Curly Howard. And you would obviously think that being the grandson of Curly Howard, of course you would think that way. But this was an unbiased opinion. I was six years old and had no idea that Curly Howard was my grandfather. I My, my grandmother had remarried two years after she was married with Curly. And of course, that became, my mother was 14 when Curly passed away and this great man, which was Moses Diamond actually adopted my mother. And then that became our only grandfather that we knew. We weren't told about Curly. So, so you had a grandpa Mo and a grandpa Curly. Yeah. And if my grandmother would have married a guy named Larry, I would have been grandpa's all three stooges, Larry, Mo, and Curly, but that didn't happen. Thank gosh. So amazing enough, it was year after year. It was, having the friends come over was being a stooge fan loving those the tv shows of that era were just amazing right and it was one day where my grandmother elaine ackerman she actually was curly's third wife and my mother was curly's first daughter it was that evening where my grandmother took my brother at the age of 11 to see his first broadway show fiddler on the roof in century city Zero Mostel was playing. Wow. Yeah, the guy, main guy. So he had already was a self-taught piano player and loved, he was in choirs and stuff, but he'd never seen a a Broadway show. He saw this show and was completely amazed and at awe. 
the show was over. They got in the car and my brother just kept carrying on. Grandma, I want to be an actor. Grandma, I want to be an actor. I want to be in Broadway. I want to be in Broadway. He just kept saying it and saying it and saying it. And finally, my grandmother, as she's turning the left on La Cienega, is like, will you just stop? It's probably because your biological grandfather was Curly of the Three Stooges. That's probably where you get it from. But don't say anything when you get home because you'll hurt Papa Bo's feeling so don't say anything she and said it like that pretty much like that well not like that <laughs> she had a much softer voice than this yeah. like man she's like chewing him out he didn't even do yeah. anything <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> so of course there wasn't another word spoken on the ride home because my brother was was he like yes i mean, yeah. I mean Mind blown. Like, grandma's Mind a liar blown. well who <laughs> so he came home and he came upstairs and he told me and i was just like I didn't believe it either. No, Bradley, Curly's our grandfather. He's our real grandfather. And I didn't know any different. I thought Grandpa Moses was our grandfather. And it was just also strange. And especially when it's, we're talking about like one of the most comedic geniuses of all time. And one of our favorite people ever. A TV star is our grandfather. So I we talked for a little bit. And I think we just both sunk in our our little twin beds i think we were as bunk beds and we didn't say a word i think it was kind of had a little sick feeling i didn't know what to feel as a child when you find that stuff out so that was the beginning now what what do you do with it do you go to school the next day and you tell those friends that came over for years that all of a sudden yeah well i did it to my two closest friends and they didn't believe you right oh not at all no they (laughs) thought i was the biggest liar ever are they now yeah i think they yeah are they now they didn't do drug testing back then that they probably would have because that (laughs) is just what is is so far-fetched and so beyond reality that uh yeah it got to the point where i didn't even say it one because there again i it just grandpa grandpa mo and the fact that grandma had said don't say anything and we just you know, we did we, you ask your grandmother about it or you never even brought up to her? You know, I was young then. I don't even remember. I think I did a little bit. And I think still it was like this. Everything was hush hush. And, and, and you'll find out in my story that everything was just kind of like pushed back. Do you can't don't you can't you won't. I mean, those are words that I heard most of my teenage life. Yeah. All the way till I was a 25, 30 year old man. So anyways, That was kind of the experience finding out. And so we basically were trained, my brother, my sister and I, not to really talk about it. Because one, we had my grandmother that was remarried and that was my mother's father for all sakes. And then my father had divorced my mom and he didn't want to hear about Curly and that being my mom's dad. He wasn't interested either in hearing it. So we didn't talk about it at the house. And we weren't, at that time, we weren't reached out or reaching out to any Three Stooge family. That didn't come till I was 35 years old. till I finally met Joan, which is crazy in itself. How did that happen? She had a family reunion and invited my mom. And my mom invited Darren and I and Andrea. And we met her and we met Paul was there. And it was, it just, it was crazy. So do you have pictures from that? I do have pictures from that. How have you never shown that? I am so (laughs) good looking back then. How have you never shown me those pictures? I don't know. That's insane. I had a unibrow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, before you move forward, though, in defense of your grandmother, beyond, you know, her being remarried, you know, 
Curly was married four times. He was not the world's greatest husband. He was only with your grandmother for a couple of years. And from the, bi- the biography that Joan wrote, he was traveling for a lot of it. He just Curly had a lot of psychological, I don't know, I don't want to say issues, but but based on what I've read in the book, Curly had a lot of issues and that's coming from Joan. So, you know, if you got a problem with it, you can take it up with Mo's daughter, but yeah, good luck with that. But so to, in defense of your grandmother, I don't think she had the greatest of experiences being married to Curly either. Yeah. I I mean, I think that that plays a part into it is that yes, they got married. I think there is an attraction. They were not soulmates by any mean, any means. And obviously he married, you know, quite a few times. And I, I think, uh, as we know of Curly's demeanor, he was a ladies man. He did like to go out and whoop, 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 you know, and have a couple <laughs> cigars and have some drinks. But then when the cameras were off and the people weren't around, he was a very shy and to himself kind of guy. Right. right. And so there was probably some darkness there that none of us really know about. I don't know that even some of the relatives that we speak to now, really know about you know the insides of the man that made you know it could have been i know i feel like that after getting slapped around for hours and hours <laughs> imagine years and years and years that yeah. has to give you some type of brain damage i sense a lot of darkness with you yes <laughs> so yeah and there again they didn't have the probably the best marriage and my papa mo tremendous man he was you know he adopted my mother when she was 14 right off the bat he was a giving man he was a great grandfather he really was a terrific guy so but he I, wasn't funny at all yeah well, <laughs> it's not all about being funny sometimes you have to be like schwartzy just kind of be there hi schwartzy so yeah our so producer did, by uh, the way we should probably identify who that is our oh shout well, out our, 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 our esteemed producer Schwartzy's going to tell his bio in a minute <laughs> yeah so so growing up, it was basically being Curly's grandson was not even mentioned. And then you get so trained about not talking about it. That that really became something that I didn't talk about. People knew, people always knew that there was something a little different about me and something, obviously, just like my brother, we were gifted at a very young age. And, and these were all happening before we found out that we were part of the Stooges kin. My brother and I were doing makeshift Hollywood shows for our family or for our neighbors. We were doing cabarets, South Pacific, West Side Story. And we were singing and doing performing. And there again, we had no idea at that time that we, it was in our blood. It was definitely in our blood. And my brother was always the top singer in all the choirs. And I was always the little brother. And he had the starring role in all the, the shows. And so I grew up admiring my brother's work. So it was always my brother that I admired and it was the talent that he had. And I was known as the funny guy. I was always class clown. I was always space case. I was always the guy that everyone wanted to party with. And that started in late junior high. And then it went all the way into high school and into my, we'll call it college days, but it was really, yeah, I don't know if I can say this on the air, but it was, no. I played <laughs> softball. Let's say I majored in softball because I was a great athlete. Like, So when did you start to embrace it? And when did you start letting people know and actually let your inner curly come out? My inner, well, totally embracing it. Yeah. Let's say I pre-embraced it. Let's just talk about the pre-embracing. When I was talking about the, the guy that was the funniest and the guy that would go to the bars and do all that kind of stuff. 
I would pull out the curly card when someone didn't like how loud I was and obnoxious. Someone a few times would approach me. I've witnessed it. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, and then, and they're like, Once Oh, a week. I'm about to, I'm about to get, you know, popped. And they're like, Oh no, no, don't, don't hit that guy. That's Curly's grandson from the three stooges. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> you a drink. Right. So I find the opposite with you. When I found out that you're Curly's grandson, I want to hit you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a different kind of hitting. Well, you got hit a lot too. So you have that same blame blamage that uh, grandpa had. So th there was instances where I, I would talk about it, you know, and I would use it as an explanation of my personality because it was so over the top in everything I did and everything that I, in my aura and everything that I wanted to do just as a person, this isn't as acting or anything. I always wanted to get a reaction from people. So even if I was doing crazy things as a kid, if my brother had a party, I would wait till they all gathered up and then I'd be up on the hill with a hose and soak them all and just see them scramble. And, and that kind of stuff was happening when I went to high school. I would be the one that jumped, you know, off the roof or, or jumped into the pools or drank the most or did whatever. That's everything I wanted was the attention just to get that shock factor. So that, that's kind of, I would talk about being Curly's grandson to explain my lameness. <laughs> or what your lame brainness yes exactly my lame brainness um, uh, were you ever arrested not for being an knucklehead <laughs> i will let that go yeah, yeah. No. what would your grandmother think about what you're doing now like you fully embrace i mean this is a big part of what you're doing right now yeah no i mean not only i think my grandmother obviously and i think curly and my mother who's god bless her she's still here yeah she's 83 and gorgeous and she sees the stuff that we're doing and she embraces it. She's very proud of me. She's proud of us. She still loves the legacy. There again, like my grandmother, it's kind of in the back seat. It's yeah. not really, wasn't a big part of her life. Well, there must've been a, some emotional hurt with her. I mean, for your grandmother to divorce him, because from what I understand, it was her choice. I mean, not right. in those days, that's not easy. That was uncommon. No. Yeah, very uncommon. No. And obviously, Curly was a gentle man like me because yeah. in those days, the man would say, right. you ain't getting no divorce. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 There'd be. Yeah. And so Chandler's grandmother, who was Shem's daughter-in-law, knew your grandmother pretty well. Right? Yes. They were all friends. So they were friends and they connected. They connected. But after my mom started getting older and then with Papa Mo, they, there was just a disconnect. And there was never talk about the Stooges, like I said, from whether it was grade school up to junior high. It was in high school. I think it was 1983. There was a lawsuit going on. There was some litigation going on. And I know that if at anything people had something to ask, they always asked, wait a second, you're the grandson of Curly Howard and you drive that little piece of crap car or you you know, you have the smallest lunch in the lunchbox or you have this. And I didn't know why I knew nothing about, you know, the rights of the Stooges or what happened in that because no one ever talked about it. Um, well, and not only do you not have the rights, you really don't have anything personal. Well, right? I, yeah. A couple of photographs, a maybe? couple of photographs, but it even stems when we were talking about, you can't, you know, forbidden rights, right? Don't talk about it. Don't do this. My mother, because there was litigation and stuff going on, I remember specifically in my high school years, I would, like I said, I was crazy. I wanted to do anything. I was willing to do anything in front of a camera to get the attention. And I would tell my mom, mom, I'm going to go do this or this. And she's like, you will not do that. You can't act like a stooge. You can't act like Curly. You can't do this. And I'm like, mom, I'm not acting like Curly. I'm just being myself. She goes, <laughs> yeah, I'm not acting like her. <laughs> <laughs> mom, that's not Curly. That's 
it's just like, so she just said, no. And I had so much, and I do still have so much respect for my mom. I was a mama's boy. So I'm like, okay, I won't do it. So it just was instilled with me just not to bring out my inner stooge at this time. It just wasn't there. People knew I was a great talker. I was a great salesman. I'm a romantic. I'm great looking. I got all this stuff going for me. None of it had to do with being Curly's grandson. I'm obviously a little blind too. I'm here a lot. So uh, it, it really, you know, going to Joan's house when I was 35, that caught my interest. I mean, they're going to meeting. She was my second cousin, let's say, or my cousin. She was older than she me, your, obviously. She was, she's your mom's cousin. Yeah. So, right. so second cousin. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, she's a but I, I felt of her as an aunt because she was older. So my great aunt always looked at her that way. And she was so charming. She was so engaging and so sweet and nice. And she had the best stooges memorabilia in this room that I remember seeing and stuff. And I had never had any of that stuff. And I had never really seen it, touched it, really looked at it and really thought about it. And I was just like, I was, I was sad a little bit, but then I was like, wow, this is great. So you have a son and you have a daughter and there's, there's other family. And so I was getting bits and pieces and trying to piece back together what had been missing in my life, which was actually being part of the Stooge family. And it really started clicking and where I found my place in this whole Stooge land that we're in, Stoogeville, is when I started going to the Stooge fan clubs in Pennsylvania, where Gary Lassen was putting on the Three Stooge fan club and going to the Stoogeum, which is obviously the biggest Three Stooges museum in the world. It's amazing. And I went there, there again, as my brother being the entertainer. I mean, he's, he is the cat's meow of musical directors. He's been in movies. He's an actor, a singer. He was in 42nd Street that toured the U.S. I mean, he's so brilliant. I went there. That was kind of my whole life. Like I told you, from choirs to this, just at all, my brother, he, he took the lead. He was the one. And I, I kind of just was the little brother that was going to the first Stooge convention. And I went there for the first time. I met these people. They're so brilliant. I mean, the writers and the people behind the this, this Stooge fan letter, those are the people that are putting on this convention and they're brilliant and they're so nice and they were so sweet to us. Really was the fans it was signing autographs. I had my daughter Lizzie there. I had Darren was there and my mom was there a few times and they're just thanking us for coming to this show to sign autographs. And we're like, no, thank you. And they were like some, especially the girls are like shaking when they're coming up to me. I'm like, wait, I'm not Brad Pitt. I'm Brad Server. I mean, I was just like, I'm like, give me, give me a hug. It's okay. It's okay. I'm come here, Tootsie. Yeah, come here, Tootsie. Bye. Give me a hug. So I started really feeling that connection with the fans. And each time I go, I felt a little closer to the Stooges. And I just had this weird feeling that, you know, that the Stooge conventions were happening in small venues. And I remember hearing about like the ones in the bigger venues in Philadelphia, they used to be in the Anaheim Convention Center. They were huge. And I kept thinking, why, why are they, you know, I didn't know why. I didn't know anything about what was going on with the politics of the Stooges, nor did I really care. All I knew is that I wanted to be a part of this Stooge family. And so I started going every year and I started meeting family. I started meeting, you know, I met Joan. I met Paul. Who Joan's, knew, Joan knew your grandpa. Yeah. And Joan's brother, Paul, they had grandchildren that I met. 
And then I started meeting Jill and Sandy, which are Shemp's grandchildren. And then I started meeting Emo Sitka, Saxon Sitka's son. I mean, I started meeting these people that were just names and last names that became family and entwined with this Kurt. This Kurt, yes, Kurt Lamont. And it just, it started becoming very real and it started to be like every year. And the fans liked me. And you know why they liked me? The most this was before they even even talked to me you i would see them as they were walking to the table and i would see people pointing and i had my profile usually i was faced away from them and they'd come up to me and they go this is crazy but you look just like your grandfather mm-hmm. and i was like well wow thank you that's a compliment he's a very handsome man so it was looking like now i'm finding out i'm kind of look like curly yeah. never really even knew that really never thought about it, which was weird. I used, I would take the curly book because I was a salesperson, go to trade shows and I go, you can buy the same thing from them. You may even get it for a cheaper price, but you can buy it from Curly's grandson for me. And when you go out with me, you're going to have a hoot. They're going, I'll buy from you. Right. <laughs> so the next day I would, I would bring curly books and I would sign curly books. And it was really odd. I think it was like after the third curly book that I signed, this guy walked at me that was a huge Stooges fan. And he said, do you realize something? You look like Curly, but do you have any idea that you write exactly like Curly Howard? I'm like, your grandfather? I'm like, what do you know? What do you mean? He goes, look here on page. And it, it's that to, to babe oh, yeah. where, where Mo is writing about him. And you look at the way I sign my, the way I do my B's and I do my stuff. It's just like it. Crazy. So it was crazy. So it was just wow. like looking like I'm in the, the sounding, you know, doing the register Curly's register. Yeah. That happened naturally. With, with, but it was really, I never really did that. Oh, really? Yeah. It oh. really was. It was just like I sang, you know, I, and I was but, a singer. But you did that before we started shooting. I did, but I didn't, I was, certainly wasn't doing it at the fan club meetings. I never oh. tried to really imitate or try to be my grandfather because one, he's huger than life. And that's why we have people like Andy to do that work. Another fat uh, joke? Uh, no. He was thin. I was even thin when I mentioned you looking like him. But so I really never tried to embody or be him. I just was of, I started feeling so comfortable and just wanted to be me. And then I just was fun. I'm just a, I'm a fun guy to be around. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Cause like, it's funny you say you didn't do it because, and it might, maybe my memory is a little fuzzy, but you know, when we wrote the Curology character for the first thing we did, like that was just you. That just came out. I, it's not like I told you to do no, that. No, no. You, you, we would go out to a restaurant and you'd be like, hi, everybody. Yeah. Oh, the tacos. Yeah. You know? And so that's maybe it was 10 years. It was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah, we've yeah. known each other for but a yeah, long. So I'm 58. I know all you people don't believe that. Look, you don't look a day over. Stop it. It's the Howard skin. <laughs> We're born with vitamin C packs in our faces. Um, we, uh, you know, we hold our age very well. My mom is still gorgeous to this day. My brother is very handsome and beautiful. And so is my sister. She's gorgeous too. That being said, it just happened. Are. Yeah. I just, I just realized that, and it comes so natural. I didn't like, you didn't say, okay, can you do a curly voice? It's like, no. I think I did it. Huh? I'm like, huh? Oh, because I like oh, to right. I like to hum the songs. I love yeah. music, right? So I'd hum to the radio. And, well, and you had the name yeah. Curly G, I think, before I met yes. you, right? Yes. That, and the G stands for grandson. Right. Well, and then when people, as I got older and people found out, they all said, even people that didn't know, they're like, dude, you don't you need to get out of this office. You need to be on TV. You need to be doing movies. You're a star. It doesn't matter who your grandfather <laughs> are. You, there's just something about you, right? Yeah. 
So yeah, then I started to just kind of playing around with, oh yeah, Curly G. I put, I got my license plate that's a yeah. Curly G and I just started going with it. And it's just, it's been a ride. And then meet, meeting Andy there again is, is kind of where, you know, things left just, you know, sounding like him and in, in, embracing with the family and going to the fan club meetings that, that kind of halted. They, we did go to the one, but they kind of stopped for a while was meeting Andy and starting to bring out the comedic parts of me that I didn't even really know. I knew I was funny, but I didn't know that I could actually do it in front of a camera. I knew I loved the camera. Right. Where, wherever the camera was, I loved being in front of the camera. But uh, your friendship was so natural and we basically had the same interests. He knew everything about my grandfather and my family and I knew nothing. He had everything that represented my grandfather and I have nothing. But when we're together, it's as though I have all those traits now. I have everything because we're one and the same. Yeah. You know, I think Andy's extremely talented. Look, I get hit a lot. I have my moments, but I think Andy brings out the best in me. And he's challenged me not only with the videos we do, he's gotten me opportunities in full-length movies. And I had a couple movies that I was in. And actually, I, I never thought I would do that. And you gave me the right. fruition to go yeah. do it. You got me the opportunities. I did it. I actually did really well. And I loved it. Well, and also then you did the live show, well, I that, mean, that which was, is not easy, right? Well, to go well, up and do well that. Yeah, that was. And you weren't Curly G. I mean, you played that for part of it, but you were playing a bailiff. And a, yeah, yeah, it was, I wasn't going to be a stage acting, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, right. yeah. And the difference is the biggest difference, obviously, is when you're filming a movie. I mean, obviously, you don't get. Too many chances to get it right otherwise they're gonna kick you out but you're reading a script and it's cut cut with live performances with live shows you have to know your lines because the next actor is waiting and it feeds off what you do and what you say and there's no cut there's either the show goes smooth or you can ruin the show right and so i didn't when they sent to me it seemed like pages and pages and pages and it, it maybe it was four pages five pages at the most but for me i'd only learned two lines before right or three lines so i didn't know what i didn't really know if i could do it you told me i could do it yeah and i i needed my brother more than anything to convince me because he was doing dialogues and shows where we're talking about 60 pages and he would sit there for hours over and over and then there was no pages in front of him. I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up and three hours later, he's rehearsing his lines. And I'm just like, I don't know how people are wired to do that. And I never thought I would ever be even wired to do what part was given to me. But my brother just kept saying, it's all about repetition. It's just like anything. You're a great baseball player, you're a great hockey player because you practice. You did things that you loved that were fun. Acting is fun. And if you love it, you'll sit there, even though it's tedious and do it over and over and over. And sure enough, I'd sit there and do it and do it and do it. And I got it. You're also a great improver. And my favorite is like, you call up and you'll be like, I have an idea. And you throw out these like wacky ideas. And, and not only do they usually make me laugh, but I love the fact that you're sitting at your office or wherever you are and you're coming up writing bits and writing commercials. And the way you pitched them, I wish I could just record our phone conversations because they're right. so funny. But I think one of my favorite moments with you is when we were up on that stage doing the famous take off your hat right. and you're the bailiff. <laughs> right. And I'm curly. Right. And I'm like up on stage going, oh, man, this like, is this a dream. Is, you can't get better than this. Yeah, it was it was a dream. And so that show opened up, obviously, our 
great friendship with Chris Dermick and even some of the supporting cast that we had and some of our Larrys and stuff, some good friendships, but the Chris Dermick bond and the Andy bond and the Brad bond, that all happened from that live show. And it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot as, you know, maybe I am kind of an actor. Maybe I do have what it takes to, if there was another opportunity to be in a movie or be in a live show, I would not turn it down. Whereas before I thought I would never be able to do it. Right. So that's really where we stand today. The beauty of where we embrace with the Stooge fans on Stooge Talk is the fact that they're waiting every week to see us. And that's how this podcast is going to be. They're going to be waiting to hear us because the three of us are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly. Huh. Can, you up? Can I put you to sleep with all that no. blabby blabby? You asked no. me the question. I'm not being narcissistic, just talking about myself. You just asked no. me your name. Or narcissistic. I'm Bradley David Server, and I'm the youngest grandson of Curly Howard of the Three Stooges. You know that guy. Yeah, Wait, that guy. One of them. Yeah, one of um, them. So, yeah. So, the engagement on social media. When I get the opportunity, there's so many fans, so many questions, so many comments. It's it's so hard to keep up, but I, I do see them all and I, I love them. I love the fact that just like the Stooges, me talking with them, us doing Stooge Talk, what we're doing tonight makes them, you know, get away for a second from this crazy world and also has helped so many people in their darkest times in their life, not only watching the Stooges, but now it's us. We're getting the same comments. Yeah, we are. That I wait around all week just for the next week. I have nothing really to look forward to. And now it's, I look forward to seeing you guys, you know, your videos and the stuff you do. And that means, that really means everything. So that part of it is the most rewarding. Second would have to be the friendships that I met because of Andy. And that would be this great producer, brilliant man, Schwartzy, that's over here that we'll find out more about as well. It's also, Phil, it's because of this that I met you and that this is happening. And even more special is the Stooge family that I'm now very close with. Chandler, especially, because not only does she live close here, she's a part of our clique. Yeah. You know, and she's doing social media and she's doing her thing. We're doing our thing. She's such a great person. And her fiance is, Jordan is amazing. And then I have her mom sandy and there's jill and then i got saxon and i I have these stooge relationships and these things going on with kurt and stuff so it's just been incredibly rewarding and it's taken a while right the first 30 years of my life had really nothing to do with the stooges now it's all about the stooges and um i'm making up for lost time yeah i couldn't be a luckier person in the world to have the howard blood running through my veins and it's an honor and a privilege and I just want to thank the fans for loving the Stooges for so long. Which, by the way, we're going to sell by the court some of bread. <laughs> so just, uh, you can, oh, you careful. <laughs> yeah, and I play Larry, too, in the Stooges. Oh, oh careful. Yeah. And I've had some of my real hair pulled out, so I will be selling follicles for $50 each. Oh. They will be in a nice tube, and there will be a little gift card that's signed. So you're going to get your money's worth. I have the feeling that we're going to, start getting some requests for, for, well, <laughs> and I mean, I'm even willing to take it a step further if things don't really start panning out. Oh, I like oh no. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm no. thinking Talked about this. Yeah. We need to really think about where the DNA really comes oh, from. Oh my God. And I oh, think no. Stooges Just bringing stop. some, some Howard stop. children into this Just world. Stop. If my wife's up for it, 
Let's do it, folks. Not folks. Ladies. <laughs> Oh my God, this Sorry. has gone off the rails. Well, <laughs> that's why you've got edit capabilities. <laughs> Say, Jasper, what comes after 75? 76. Oh, that's horrible. That's no, a spirit. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to bring we're going to bring this home because this is, uh, like I said, this has gone off the rails. We're going to bring this sucker home. So. I want to say, don't forget to get your Stooges, Stooges merch at shopknuckleheads.com. You can save 10% by using the saving code, savings code LOYAL10. I, I don't know. It sounds like we might have some Curly G-specific, uh, quote-unquote, merch possibly available at shopknuckleheads.com in the future. I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But you guys have both mentioned Stooge Talk Live. It's yeah, every yeah, Thursday. Yeah. It's a really great time. You can follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Curly's Grandson, and you can join our group on Facebook, Curly's Grandson's Corner. There's a lot of really great people to connect with in there. So many passionate fans, just so many passionate fans. And and I, you guys both said something there that, and we'll wrap up with this, but I, I could be having a bad day or, you know, things, you know, just not going well or whatever it is. And we all have ups and downs in life, but I can just sit down and watch the Stooges and, just forget about all that and just laugh. And that's, that's, I think that's the legacy, honestly, like in a nutshell, that's really the legacy. And the fact that, you know, me and Andy, me, especially to a lesser extent, but the fact that we all get to play some level of some part in all of that at this point and trying to propagate and promote that legacy, it really is an honor and it's really awesome. And I'm glad we're doing it. And, and I'm sure the fans are getting some out of it too. So, but until next time, Brad, Andy, that's you. Nope. <laughs> Schwartzy. <laughs> until next time, this has been just an awesome time. And I'm looking forward to doing it again. So stay safe and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. So long, folks. Yeah.